Oh, hey. Well, hello again. How are you guys? I hope you're well. <laughs> We're just here in front of our Birchwood fireplace, sipping some wonderful Crown Royale Northern Harvest Rye. Cheers, Yeah, man. bitch. Welcome. Maybe we should just be silent for... For a moment? For 45 minutes and just look in the camera and drink. Wait, that's been done, so we should probably... Mm. Yeah, okay. So, episode 16, Beer and Other Shit podcast and video cast. Because this is what we do now. It's what we do. We've been... Gave you visuals because, you know what? The people wanted to see what our fucked up looking faces were doing when we're in the podcast and... uh, we're handsome blokes. People want to look at us while they sip their we do have very manly delicious beards. craft beer. Well, manly you do. Beards? Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to keep it, keep it. Like, I was yeah. going to grow it out. My barber was like, nah, son, like, yeah. don't Trim do that, that shit. Because yeah. it takes over your face. I think I got one of the yeah, faces yeah, yeah, that yeah. maybe, like... Just sculpt it. Yeah, yeah. The bit, so now I just keep it more trim. Yeah. It's a bit fucked up right now. I just don't have to I think you look it. handsome. Oh, well, I think you look <laughs> handsome in addition. Pause. So, episode 16. Today, we... This is the second part of a, a, a two-part interview with uh, Jason Cooch, because we don't know how to pronounce his last name, even though he said it 14 times, from Toronto Urban Adventures. He's a tour guide here in The Six, as the kids like to call it. And um, we linked up with him at House of Parliament up on, uh, what's the area? On Parliament. Cabbage Town. Cabbage Town. Cabbage. Really? I, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't been there before. It's an awesome pubby feel type place yeah. with an awesome <coughs> draft selection and really good food so it definitely feels if you're like ever a in the area yeah it's your it's you could tell it's a local at six o'clock the place filled up with you could tell people from the area and families yeah. and that yeah, was a cool crying spot to babies, have a beer crying babies you'll hear, shortly. Yeah, you'll hear. <laughs> you'll hear that <laughs> motherfucking crying baby but yeah the food was dope the beers were phenomenal like yeah Last episode, we had that Bose, which was... Uh, Embitterment, yeah. Highly uh, recommended by the home girl, Chanel Williams, represent, bup, bup, bup. And uh, this episode, we got to rock the Flying Monkeys. Uh, was it called Tribe? Tribe Coconut... Stout. Stout. Fuck my life. Unreal. 6.3 Coconut Stout. Yep. The thing just so aromatic. And then, uh, like, I think we likened it to... Uh, eating a, a chocolate-covered chocolate macaroon, macaroon, and it, that's what it bitter. tastes like, With but bitter, bitterness. right, it had that nice, beery, bitter finish, Yeah. so we go into depth, you can hear us, you uh, can hear a orgasm about over it, yeah. oh, we were creaming, and we had a great convo with Jason this episode yes. about, um, <coughs> excuse me, the craft beer industry, so, you know, he, he's seen, you know, Jason's very knowledgeable about the history of Toronto and craft beer, and then on top of that, the industry in and of itself, through his experiences, running a lot of people, and yeah, yeah, man, meeting a lot of folks in the industry, so getting his perspective is fascinating, being that He's actively involved in it in a sort of subtle way more with the tours. Like he's not, you know, brewing beer, making beer, selling beer, anything like that. He's a, a fan of craft, but Just he's bringing beer. craft to people in, in a palatable way mm-hmm. through his tours. So we definitely hit into that. We hit into, uh, we talked about the, um, the, the new trend, which is people doing contract brewing and how that is accepted or not accepted. In the craft beer world. Absolutely. Uh, I think he, he touched on people just with a bunch of money, uh, kind of just throwing it out there to get their beer in bars and not for the real passion of brewing of and, craft. and craft. Yeah. yeah. And, and also we did talk, I can't remember for this episode, the last one, about indie beer and craft versus right, craft. The, I think that was this one. Determined, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a very, another interesting conversation. It's pretty sick to, well, not sick necessarily. I just thought it was interesting to, to have uh, that's like much of a, I guess, differentiation craft and indie beer are kind of when I actually Jason kind of defined for us the difference between what, what makes a craft beer craft and it's based on a few different things but essentially the size the volume you're putting out correct and uh, once you go over a certain size you can't be considered craft anymore so uh, that was kind of cool just to kind yeah. of know the difference and and I think the the term craft is is so diluted so, yeah, now yeah, and yeah. it is you slap people are slapping the name on everything and it's <coughs> It's it's not true craft, so I do like the term indie. Indie beer is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I live right down the street by Indie Ale House, which is they've kind of been spot. rocking that for a while. But yeah, yeah, they have awesome beers and they do so it good. Small food. batch and food, everything. Everything. If you're ever in the junction area, Indie Hit Ale that House. Shit up. Yeah. So we're gonna keep. Uh, we're gonna make this a habit. I think mm-hmm. going whether it's we have a guest or if it's mm-hmm. just us. I think going to the to the pubs themselves and hopefully we can get a quiet enough spot to to have a yap. Yeah. But I think it was definitely a cool way to do it adding the video component but definitely like being there and talking about it as we're experiencing the place and uh brings a whole new dynamic to it 
you know, it's all cool to do the podcast when we were at the crib in the studio, whatever. But I think it's definitely a cool way to do it, and we'll continue to do that here in Montreal. And uh, when my good friend Justin Trudeau hits me with a visa, we're gonna head over to Vermont. I'm going to see you, Alchemist motherfucker. That'd be awesome. I'm going to get Hedy Topper right now. Can't wait. Mate. Oh, I'm amped. So, oh yeah. Run that track. We should or... run the track. We should, yeah. run the, we should run the rap song. Okay. Let's run it. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of crap beer. We can do this. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brew heads, so pour a glass of crap beer, we can do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the joint, huh? Makes you want a beer. Where's my beer at? Rochelle. Uh, still enjoy. waiting on Rochelle. Beer will be here soon. That's why we're drinking this uh, delicious Crown Royale. Best beer in the country. It's best a beer whiskey, in the country. But, yeah. Best whiskey. Whiskey, beer, same shit. Um, sponsors. First sponsor, Brewheads. Thebrewheads.com. Hit up there to get 15% off all your motherfucking shit. Uh, code is B-A-O-S, beer and other shit. And uh, you can get anything, hats, glasses, sweatshirts. Uh, you've got the, the Star Wars joints uh, recently. Do you have any openers? Yeah, openers? have you seen the new one, the wooden no. one? Oh, it's sick. It's, like a, it's almost like backwards. It's almost like instead of doing it that way, you mm. kind of like... That way, on the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the other side, but nice. it's magnetic and it holds it. Oh, it holds it, it so doesn't go flying everywhere. Sick. So. Did I not show you? I got it on uh, Christmas. I don't think so. I didn't show you. Okay, mm. uh, super sick. Those those uh, are worth it in and of themselves. Yeah. Uh, so thebrewheads.com. Secondly, we'll uh, once again torontourbanadventures.com. Uncle Jason uh, is uh, sponsoring the podcast like a G. So if you head over there and you use the code Brewhead, you get twenty percent off any tours that you book. Singular Brewhead, singular not Brewhead. Heads. That's what he said. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, I'm going to follow up and make sure that's what he does use. But it'll be Brewhead. Uh, either way, if there's anything wrong, just hit them up and just be like, "Hey, yo, I heard about y'all from the podcast. Though, what up with the discount, my man's?" So whether you're on vacation or you already live here, do that uh, shit. History of beer can't go wrong. There was another one as well. I can't remember yeah. what the name of it was, but we talk about. I'm sure, it. there's lots of drinking involved, so it's. it's yeah, and that's really it's a win. And uh, lastly, of course, IllNoteStudios.com. Uh, Illnote is my brother Notion. He does all of our podcast mixing and then mastering, engineering. Um, so if you have also does production. So if you need any of those, whether it's podcasts, whether it's any audio that you have, if you you're an artist and you need that shit sorted out, maybe we'll make that shit sound like real. Does he do pornos? He does pornos. Pornos he, as well. Expert in pornos. Expert if you need porn yeah. music, if you need sound effects, if you need a uh, if you need extra a fluffer, a fluffer or anything, he will co- do that for you. A cock stunt Just double. Just use, use, use the code BAOS and get 20% off Brad's junk. 15. 15, okay. Yeah, I think, but you know what? If you only want a discount off his junk, he might do it for you. That's for, true. For something there, and you just give him a little winky. He's going to like this. Told him, told him. <laughs> Uncle Scott sent him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um... This fire's making me hot, man. I don't know yeah, about yeah, you, but... Yeah, get to yeah, get gear off. Nude. Pause, pause. All right, y'all. So, episode 16, Beer and Other Shit. Jason Cooch from Toronto Urban Adventures. The Beer Wizard. The Beer Wizard. That's what he's going to be known as. And we're going to make sure that nickname sticks. So, enjoy the episode and... Cheers. Catch. Oh, cheers. And... Catch it, cuz. All right, and we're back. Episode 16, Beer and Other Shit. I fucked up last time and said it was episode 14, which was a blatant lie. I am a fibber, I'm a politician, and I apologize. We're here with Uncle Jason. Okay. Jason, Jason Kucherawi. <laughs> I was sitting there in the, in the bathroom before. Sorry, Kuchy, like a How do you say it? You know, it's, it's, why, it's why all through university I went by Kooch. Kooch, that's an awesome nickname. Just called me Kooch. So, so you guys can call me Kooch. We can call you that Kooch. Yeah. Right, because to let y'all know, so Scott and I used to live with uh, a homeboy here called Sunjay. And then he knew, and our other housemate, Nabil, also knew Jason. And there was just a small fucking world because we met on Facebook separately. Yeah. It was just a small Just through like a, a year of beer. Uh, 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 thing. Yeah, 100%. And to make a small world even smaller, uh, Jason and I were just talking, and he used to live in the same building that I live in. Yeah, I, I moved out about a year before you moved in. I moved in, in yeah, and I've been there for <laughs> two and a half years now. So. In, a, in a city of, like, right. 2.8 million people. And how many condos. And how many buildings and yeah. condos, yeah. It's amazing. That's crazy as fuck. So who are you? I am Scott Beer, cold beer enthusiast. Who are right. you? I am C motherfucking brewhead certified. Absolutely. Certified brewhead. Certified brewhead. <laughs> now, now, you need a thing. You need, like... Two 
Cooch. thing. Uh, Uncle uh, Cooch could be your name. <laughs> Uncle Cooch. <laughs> and then we need a like a beer, a descriptor, uh, yeah. beer related. So you could, could be yeah. like, um, I don't know, like a, a brew guide. A brew guide, maybe, because you're guiding people through the process. A brew that. guide? Yeah. Something to do with like the knowledge or like a, like a brew like beer wizard or, or something. A, oh, yeah, beer wizard. wizard. Beer wizard. I conjure up. Uh, like interesting information. That doesn't sound nearly yeah, as cool I think as we have to work wizard. on it. Yeah, I think yeah. We have to work on it. Well, yeah. think about it, because for next time we come back to town, we're going to do. We're going to keep doing these. I'll have a name and a costume to match. Awesome. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> what are we? Okay, so this is basically we just did the FBR Hood episode 15. It wasn't up. 14. Not 14. 15. Yeah. It's been a long week. I'm sorry. It's all right. Fuck cunts, guys. I'm sorry. Um, and right now we're same place. We're at House on Parliament out here in is this like Cabbage Town or something? Cabbage Town uh, this yeah. is Cabbage Town motherfucking cabbages why is it yeah. called Cabbage Town? Cabbage Town uh, it's called Cabbage Town because it, it was at one time a prosperous neighborhood in the late 1800s by the early 20th century by around like World War One, this place had gone to shit like it was these old Victorian houses that became uh, just rented apartments to mostly immigrants who had nothing like no money they were dirt poor and so they had to grow a lot of their own food. In this climate, cabbage very grows hardy. very easily, yeah. very hardy. You can fill your entire yard with cabbage, and that would feed your family. And it's frost resistance. So you could grow late into the growing season. You didn't have to worry about your crops like dying from frost. Yeah. So you'll notice in, in Toronto, any of the decorated like flower planters, if you come here in the fall, yeah. when the flowers are pulled, they're replaced with these colorful Purple flowering cabbage. yeah. cabbages beautiful, because actually, they yeah. won't die when you get frost overnight. That's crazy. So the smell of cabbage used to be prominent in this neighborhood, especially in the middle of summer, and that's why I got the name Cabbage Town. And people here are so proud of that name and that heritage. This is one of the only neighborhoods I know that actually has a neighborhood flag that's awesome. that people fly in front of their homes. Does it have a cabbage in, in it? Yeah. It's, got a, it's, it's a green cabbage on a white background with two green bars. It That's looks like amazing. the Canadian flag. Right. With a cabbage instead of, instead cabbage of red tomato. and white, it's green and white with a cabbage instead of a maple leaf. That's incredible. Do you have a Cabbage Town tattoo anywhere on your body? I, I don't because I I don't because I live in Regent Park, oh, okay. a neighborhood that is used to be South Cabbage Town. Right. But I do wrap my neighborhood with a red toque that says Regent Park. That's this is awesome. an exclusive that is only sold at a store here in uh, in Cabbage Town, actually. Sure, because we are filming the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Now. yeah. We're going to demonstrate so, that Regent Park. Shit yeah, right let me there. get my. Uh, let the people know. So this is a local, it's a hat maker, uh, and they do all the different neighborhoods in Toronto. So this is the Regent Park, this is the Regent Park too. Now I, I so, saw some of these, do they sell them at the Brickworks as well? Because uh, I saw some similar ones at yeah, the Brickworks. They, yeah. These are sold all over Toronto, okay. but the only place you can get the Regent Park too yeah. is in one of the stores here, it's an exclusive. Because Regent Park is not, it's not a popular neighborhood. It's not a neighborhood that people are often proud to say they're from. A lot of people who, who live in Regent Park, who are middle class, will say, oh, I live in Cabbage Town, because Cabbage Town has this, it's, it's like, it's, up and coming it's, it, well, and it's, it's, it's yeah. now a wealthy neighborhood. Yeah. Like, you can't live in Cabbage Town unless you've got a bit of coin. Yeah. Whereas Regent Park is still a huge, like, housing project. It's the project. I heard that. That's Tiff told me about the Regent Park. Was like, yeah. A lot yeah. of rappers rep so a lot of yeah, yeah, a lot of gangs, like, are based and still based in Regent Park. Right. Like, when, when we first moved to Regent Park, uh, there were a couple nights where I heard gunshots. Like, wow. this is like, like, legitimately, like wow, yeah. this is, and it's a neighborhood that is being demolished and rebuilt. Yes, exactly. With, with new, no, not gentrified, they call it revitalization because gentrification means the poor people leave. What they're doing is they're building new public housing. In fact, more public housing units are going to be in the revitalized like region park. Nicer, newer, but also condos. So they took this huge neighborhood of like 60 acres, 60 plus acres of all poor people and social housing, and they're turning it into a mixed income neighborhood with condos and social housing and new facilities. We have a brand new aquatic center, a new community center. Like it's, it's a neighborhood that I'm very proud of because yeah. of what they're trying to do. It's about bringing people together. It's one of the highest immigrant neighborhoods 
but it's also one of the highest neighborhoods of child poverty. Uh, it's like 60% of the kids that live in my neighborhood live below the poverty line. Wow. So it's like one of the poorest parts of Toronto, and it's changing. But they're bringing and it up, yeah. For me, being here at an early stage, they're about halfway through the revitalization right now, and I've lived in the neighborhood for about four years. It's really cool to see the changes and see the, the positive things that are happening here. So it's not been all sunshine and roses and rainbows Absolutely. the whole time, but what I see is positive and the future is looking bright for this neighborhood. So for me, living here, I I love it. I, I choose to live here and my family and I were planning on staying in this neighborhood if we can. Nice. Right. Would it be a, a good place to open a brew pub I was perhaps? That. Is, is there a market for that? Well, we're just, we're just up the road from the distillery. Like I can walk there and, and Mill Street is like a 15, 20 minute walk away. I'm a 10 minute bike ride from left field. Oh yeah. Which uh, we still haven't visited. We've oh been my planning God. On, you guys have to I go. I love their beer. So yeah. Yeah. actually they have a left field beer here. They have Maris. Uh, it's a, I think yeah. like a sessionable ale. It's a pale ale. Yeah, yeah. pale ale. Yeah, yeah. It's it's banging. Uh, it's awesome. The uh, a new brewery that's opening up in the East End soon is um, Luke. I think it's Luke Fontaine who is one of the head brewers from Judas Ciel, which you guys BIM. know. Oh. BIM. BIM, yeah. BIM's moved that. to Toronto. It has something to do with uh, Bar Hop. He's involved in Bar Hop. Yeah, well, he well. was he was at Bar Hop. Uh, I was there. I was there like a month ago, and he was there. So my friend Mike, who works for the Kensington Brewing Company, he's like, "Do you know who that is over there?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "That's that's Luke from uh, Judas Ciel." Wow. Like, oh my god. So. He's here. He's been looking for a place to open up a new, like a new brew pub. He finally found a building. I think it's at like Greenwood and Dundas area, so okay. a little bit further east of here. But I am so stoked. It's going to be like a kilometer away from Left Field. And as a, a tour guide that leads beer oh, tours, I am thinking nice. this could be a really good beer tour. Hitting yeah. two breweries, and uh, Little India is in that area too. That's a good food on. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, so thinking yeah. Uh, you're already plotting out your stops. Thinking aren't you? yeah. beer and biryani. Oh wow! Ooh, you, went you, went yeah. you went there. You went there. You went there. You went there. Bring that shit in case anyone hears that. All right. No one take that. TM. Don't steal this shit. So we'd like to welcome our child to the podcast. Family, it's a family, it's a family place affair, here. Yeah. It is, you know, the parliament. So, do you know what we haven't talked about? Is this motherfucking oh, beer we yeah. have? Lord. Lord Jesus. This is uh, Flying Monkeys, my hometown, Barry. So, it's Barry. Tribe 705. Coconut, tribe Sorry. Coconut Stout. It's a coconut. So it's, a, it's an American style stout uh, infused with stout. what else? Coconuts. It's. Uh, yeah. They liken it to eating a chocolate coconut macaroon. Only with a bitter like finish. finish. With a yeah. nice finish. like bitter finish. Yeah. Like and I don't know about y'all. This is the, when I smelt this. Like this the aroma phenomenal. on it is just. It's all. It's it's. I don't know. I don't even have to. I love the bitter dry finish because it makes you want to take another sip. Right. Yeah. It's not it's sweet. sweet. It, it begs you to drink yeah. more of it. Absolutely. But Fly so aromatic. So full body. Like. Monkeys is up there with Bose as far as like try and make a shit beer. I dare you. They do good work. They do really good work. They don't fuck around. I just got one of their uh, other the new boxed ones. Um, what's the latest box beer? Was oh, it the? I looked uh, at it so briefly. It was just I didn't. There's have like it. a maple one. Maybe it was maple. I try and get most of them. I've got about five or six of them so far. They age well. They age well. Oh, I've got nice. a couple of them aging actually in my uh, cellar fridge. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they'll. I got the two Matador. Of them was it the I Matador? had the Matador. Yeah. I've got a chocolate. Fuck. It's like I a got, chocolate nib one. Oh, I got chocolate nib, yeah. chocolate yeah, 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 yeah. malt. It's like and a triple chocolate. That was an older box one. That was an yeah. older yeah. one. Man, there's so many fucking good ones. Flying Monkey needs to be elsewhere. Like, it's really. I feel like, as far as the Canadian breweries, like. Phillips, we need to get more Phillips out here, and we need to get as far as like the West Coast. We really don't get too many, but we need to. Yeah, I like Trees and bows need to just be everywhere. Yeah. Three is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Canada rocks with the, with the with the brew. Have you had much experience with uh, anything outside of Ontario? As far as um, you know, what I uh, when I travel, I whether I'm in the U.S. or in another province, I like going to uh, a, a bottle shop and saying to, like grabbing one of the staff and saying, look, I'm from Ontario. We don't get a lot of stuff from anywhere other than Ontario. I love pale ales. I love IPAs. I love flavorful beers. And I like unique beers. So what do you, what do you have? What do you, what do you have? Yeah. And their eyes light up. 
and right. they're like, awesome. They're like, okay. They rub their hands together, like, all right, grab a basket, and, and we walk around, and they're like, you're going to want some of this, and some of this, and some of that. And they, they load me up. I'm like, I'm a blank slate. Give me what is the best from this region, you know, what you think is the best. And I love it. It's it's a great like half hour experience in like a beer store or a bottle shop. I did that on in Quebec City on Rue Saint-Jean. There's like a little tiny, it looks like a convenience store. You walk in, it's instead of like soft drinks and Gatorade, it's all beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to these guys, look, I'm from Heaven. Ontario. And they're like, oh, we're sorry to hear that. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's okay, I'm used to it. Yeah. Uh, and I said, uh, we don't get any of your beers here except for like the really big brands. And what should I get? Two different guys said, you've got to go home with this. It was uh, from Le Castor, yeah. the Yakima, Yakima, Yakima IPA. Yeah. Oh my God. In all of Quebec. I'm like, I said, are, I said, are you serious? You're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I took like six bottles. Good. And I wish that I had taken 12. I could have brought some we up reviewed for it. Oh my god, podcast. it's so good. Exactly. One, of one of our first podcasts we had, we did that beer, and it's it's it's, just, it's yeah. wicked. Like, it's, it's every pastor in general is just like phenomenal. overall a phenomenal. Anytime anybody comes to Quebec, I make sure they leave. Oh god, yeah, it's Absolutely. it's awesome. The only the the beers that I found that have come close to that here. Uh, Reinhard Brewing, Jordan Reinhard puts out uh, a wicked IPA called Kapow. They have it at Say What here in Toronto. Uh, yeah. So like it's it's become one of their regular uh, offerings. So yeah. I would say if you guys have time, get up to Say What, try the Kapow. If you love the, 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 the Castor, the Yakima, you'll love that. Um, and Armed uh, Armed in Citra, also from Reinhard, is killer. Uh, there's also a great Makes Citra. I love Citra hops Citra's right now. It's yeah. just like Citra as galaxy. A, for a single hop beer, Citra, you won me over. Like if you if you've done a single hop and it's Citra, I, I'm Alexander all over. Alexander Keith do a single hop series with their uh, <laughs> so <laughs> underwhelming. Everyone's just like, so oh, yeah. like they missed they missed a great opportunity right? to win over exactly. some craft beer drinkers. That's exactly what but they played it brewery. safe. They played it safe. You can't you know, play it safe in the craft beer world. It's not about playing Are they it safe. not great brewers or are they just play the same? They're, They're playing, playing it safe. safe. They played it so safe. So they can yeah. do it, but they won't. Alexander Keys, it's AB InBev. Like, they... Yeah, exactly. Like, those guys, they have the best brewers in the world. But what they're doing is they are brewing for they're brewing for consistency. Because the thing is, if you're brewing a beer in the United States and you've got and you're brewing a shit ton of it, and you're brewing the same beer in China, if someone goes from the US to China, or vice versa, and they compare the beers, it the same. it's gotta be yeah. because you've got brand loyalty. Yeah. You know, like people, it's like going to McDonald's, you know, exactly. and ordering a Big it's Mac. It's the same everywhere, right? Yeah, it's the same. And yeah. that's where, that's where the, the real difficulty is. I think that you can be a creative brewer and you can create a good recipe, but to scale it, and then have it brewed in another location with different water, different ingredients, different supply chain on a massive scale, that takes a lot of skill and, yeah. and, and tinkering and you know a good palate. So that's so they where they do know what they do. They do know what they're doing. And they know even, precisely what they're doing. Even even <laughs> though people will will shit on like Coors Light or the light beers, a light beer is really hard to brew. Right. It's really hard to brew well. Well a lager is harder to brew than an ale, so yeah. it's and then going light lager. Yes, like, exactly. You've got to make a flavorful beer with a low alcohol content, yeah. which is not easy. No. So, uh, like, as much as I, I tend to make fun of Coors Light and the light beers, uh, the people that make it are really, like, they're, you know, top of their field. And, and for a craft, like, how many craft breweries make a light lager? I can't think of any. Milstreet Organic. Uh, Mil that's not organic. even really light. It's 4.2. Yeah. We're talking like, do any, do, are there any craft breweries you know that do anything that's like three? Three that's point not something? A Rattler, no. 
Um, yeah, because to get flavor, you mix in the fruit juice. Bellwoods does a couple. Oh, Berliner Weiss. Berliner Weisses, yeah. Okay. Not a light lager, which was your question, right. but I've yeah. definitely had some two to three percent that like have so much flavor. Phenomenal yeah. Berliner Weisses yeah. that I, I can't think of. From the lollipop beer. What was so, the lollipop? But with, Yo, but with, was, but with vice, with with vice beer, you've got the, right, the esters of banana exactly. and all that other stuff. Exactly. Like a light lager. Lager. I kind of dead ass. Like I know a lot of people are doing. Sessionable beers, lighter beers, has become a thing. Yeah, but a light lager, because it's oh. fucking hard. Yeah. Like it's really hard. Well, how do you pack flavor into low ABV? It's almost that's it's you know counterintuitive to even yep. do that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think uh, I think Cameron's does a light lager. It's called uh, oh what is it? Oh, there is. I think it's cameras as like a 3.8 yeah. lager, yeah, and that's yeah, like yeah. the lightest that I've seen. Oh, Stonehammer. I think it's. Uh, Stonehammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stonehammer yeah, 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 yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Stonehammer light. Oh, okay. Ago, like when we first started. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking of. So yeah, okay. It's all right, but I mean, like that's the only. That's the lightest light lager that I know by a craft a craft brewery. Yeah. So I as much as like, I dismiss the light lager drinkers, I, I have to respect the the light lager itself. Beautiful. We got some food coming in here. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks so much. Yeah. Good lord, look at that thing. Thank you. Look at that. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Get that on yeah, film right there, baby. This is a tour. That's on another level. So so is this like a typical tortier that you find in, uh, <laughs> in, in Quebec? Quebec? To be honest. Yeah, that's pretty sexy right there. I'm just angry that I haven't heard of this one or I haven't been to this place before. Like, <laughs> why have like, my friends who say they like me not told me about this? I know. So, excuse the eating, guys. Yeah. We're only like not even 20 minutes in. So we're going to be eating but and chatting. This is a reason to come to the East End. And yeah. I can show you places. There In Toronto, there tends to be this definite divide between like East, East and, and West. West. People yeah. live in the West are like... You're an East Ender or you're West Ender. Exactly. Yeah. But I think the distance isn't that much. Like... Uh, where we are right now, we are as close to Yorkville and like Bloor and Young as we are, actually we're closer to that than we are to Kensington Market and Chinatown. Right. So like I go to Chinatown and Kensington Market all the time, I rarely go up to, to Yorkville. And Yorkville's got a great Kiwi bar uh, called Hemingway's. Been there for Australia Day. Yeah. We went there. Yep. Yeah. It's a solid place. Um, you know, I don't know if I go back. I, I guess because it was pretty extreme when we went. Is it we good went for like, the like grand for Austra- final or Australia Day? No, I thought it was Australia Day. Yeah, Australia possible. Day, right? Yeah. Um, when they're like those type of things, they're a little like out of control. Yeah. You know, Australians are pretty fucked up as a, <laughs> as a people. So like when you go Australia Day and they're all just ready to turn up, like you know, some motherfuckers get a bit crazy. But um, to, I guess when we went, it was. Busters and bullshit beer. Plus, I don't know if we were even doing it straight. No, nah, we weren't really into it. I that just much. started it straight day, January 26th. If we yeah. went in 2012, I started the beer thing in sorry, 2011. I started the beer thing January 20, 2011. So you weren't doing it, I would have just started. Um, yeah, the so beer selection's not so good. The food is decent. They do a really good butter chicken. Which I, when I traveled to New Zealand, that's something that surprised and delighted me was the how common butter chicken was. It's like my Everywhere. favorite Indian dish. All the biggest, in, uh, uh, what's the word? I was gonna say import. Wow, racist. Uh, Immigration. Yeah. Em- immigrants. Uh, the biggest immigrant population. I at least I'm aware of in Melbourne, for example. Yeah. And I guess that could apply as Indians. So we have. Crazy I don't think Indian I saw reference. a single Indian person in New Zealand. <laughs> so really? I think they just imported the food. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kiwis. So it was amazing. I saw I saw butter chicken in a can in a supermarket. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. I've thing. never yeah, never seen that before. I used to buy that. <laughs> that was oh, alright, man. It was alright? Oh, nice. Right. Uh, I think restaurant quality, but in a pinch, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, guys, sorry about the eating, eh? I actually had a question for Jason. Yeah. Just because you're a, a beer historian and you know everything about the past of beer. And as uh, people always say, history has a habit of repeating itself. What do you see in the future of craft beer? What direction is it headed? Uh, can you think of any trends that uh, are, are 
you know, on the uprise, something uh, I think we're seeing these, you know? Um, I think it's going to be just from what I know of human nature, uh, we're going to see fragmentation. So much the way the music industry, like in the 1960s, you were a Beatles fan or you were a Stones fan. That was like, and everybody basically listened to the same bands, the same music. Right. What's happened since the 60s, 70s, is you have these subgenres. Right. Like it's no longer just heavy metal. You have speed metal, death metal, like there's all these different subgenres. Of any so like, genre of music, you've got subgenres. So, like, I'm a sessionable IPA drinker now, or I'm a imperial stout drinker now. Is that is that kind of what you're um, talking about? Or Yeah, or you're going to have just so many styles out there. Right. You're going to have people, like, it used to be you, you drank, like, you drank, like, lagers, or you drank ales, ales or you drank one brand or another brand. You're going to have, because of the variety out there, you're going to have people that may gravitate towards a brand and then drink within that brand, or you might have people who are like, I love IPAs, and then they'll drink IPAs, you know? So uh, you're going to have more fragmentation, but hopefully with education, like myself, my musical tastes, I listen to pretty much anything that's that's good. Right. Uh, my tastes range from uh, like acoustic folk, to uh, like heavy metal, uh, hip hop, like old school, some new stuff. So I tend to float around, and that's the way I, I drink as well. Right. That's like it depends on on my mood and and what I feel like. You know whether I'll put on like an old De La Soul album or you know something new from you know uh, Great Lake Swimmers. You know a great uh, like folk rock band here in Toronto. So. That's the way it is with with my drinking. But then there are also people who are like, I listen to nothing but Metallica, like Metallica all the time. you know, and I drink nothing but this brand, you know. So I think that the music, people's music tastes, uh, we can look at beer drinking almost in the same way, you know, that people are going to like what they like, and what they like has a lot to do with what they're exposed to. Or what they're not exposed to. So, like, macro drink is uh, radio listening. <laughs> <laughs> top, <laughs> top, top 40. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking about, I know we are just throwing the idea out there, but yeah. doing a beer pairing with music. So, it was an event that uh, we, were, we were looking at doing was, um, I guess we might as well play in public yeah. or whatever, but, yeah. like, the idea was that you had uh, a brewery would sponsor an event, for example, and then the brewery would say, all right, say whatever, close, and they've got, like, four... Beers. People would come, they would get a, like a labeled glass, and then you have a DJ that would pair a 20 to 30 minute playlist yep. that beer only. And it would be a decent pour, not like a, a light, like a bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, be like, I don't know, say if it's like you start light, like a light lager, so it's kind of like chill, and then as things get kind of real, right, so basically a flight paired with music, associated yep. music. I think it's a great idea because you, you pair alcohol and food all the time. Yep. Why not pair music with that as well, right? Absolutely. There's uh, uh, Mirella Amato, yes. uh, the Master Cicerone here in Toronto. She did uh, an event the last couple of years for Toronto Beer Week. It was called Hopera. So Mirella is a trained classical opera singer. What doesn't this and woman also, do? Like, yeah, yeah, she's also like really into graffiti and street art. Like I find her. She seems like an we, we run person. into we run into each other at events where I'm like, "What are you doing here?" She's <laughs> like, "I I know the graffiti artist who's hosting this show." It's like, "Holy shit!" Like I I'm here for the graffiti too. I had no idea. So yeah, she's constantly surprising me. Uh, but she hosts this event where she would play this opera, and she had a beer. A beer to go along with every like movement, you know, like same, same like, yeah, same kind of idea, That's but with opera. But I've never heard it done with, say, hip hop or or rock. But it, it was an idea that just seemed so out there, you know, that I think a lot of people were just curious, yeah. and it probably brought people in who wouldn't, wouldn't normally as, listen to exactly, opera as yeah. well. They're like, how is she going to tie in or pair like? A drink with music, like, like it's, it's, it's a such very a, cool concept. It is. I definitely like. To I didn't mean to say like, it. oh, you guys, that's not an original idea, but it's. No, uh, but I just want to say like, it it is a great idea that it's, yeah. 
it's good to know something similar yeah. has been done. So that's something too, like I, I could put you in touch with her too. Like if you wanted to know more about how, you know, she she did what she did. Did you get her on a podcast? I invited her. So she was like, can't can't make it, but yeah, that's uh, in future we'll definitely get her on yeah. and we'll, we'll play it from there. Yeah. That's the type of people I'd love to hear their perspective to be like, you know. Yeah, she's awesome. She's such a great, Take a great lady. Take your sister on you deep in the thing. Um, quick other side question. Okay, so I met this great guy over Christmas. His name is Shahan, and he runs a brewery now, like a contract brewery called Lost Craft. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. That's no, so relatively. Where's it based? Um, they contract brew out of cool. Okay. So he's got um, probably about he's in about forty venues across the city. He's got one particular beer right now, which and the whole point is they're doing. Um, uh, it's called Revival. It's like a, a lager, and the branding is very kind of like Toronto, very like the OVO gold and blacks and, and whites, like very crisp and clean. Very cool branding. Yep. Um, fantastic guy. And just some of the stuff that sort of he was saying was very interesting. The, the feedback he got from the beer community because of the way he came in, like he didn't go through the what's the company? Isn't there like some sort of like craft beer body, like not the Ontario OCB? OCB maybe, maybe it was that. Yeah. He didn't go through them. Got a did a hired a brewmaster and got a did. Is that something that you've ever uh, have you seen that? Have you seen is it is the the local industry in that sense like? Uh, yeah, I, I think um, there is a divide between because it is relatively easy to contract brew. Like if you develop a recipe and you have the cash, you can you can start a beer brand. And so what we're seeing is in Toronto, there are a few, like I've gone to some beer festivals where there have been a few tables and I'm like, I've never heard of you guys before. It's like, oh, we're new. It's like, okay, where do you brew? Oh, we, we have our beer brewed for us by another company. It's like, okay, right. so you don't have a physical right. location. Um, are you guys in the LCBO yet? Well, no, not yet. You know, uh, it's something that we're looking to do eventually. So you can create a beer, you can actually have a product in a can or in a bottle uh, to go to like beer shows. Without having a brewery. Without, without having, having a brewery. Yeah. Without, so like it's it's fairly minimal startup costs versus the millions you'd need to actually build a physical brewery. Right. So it's, uh, it's something that I think the story in the background of how that person came into brewing will have a huge effect on whether they're successful or not. So, really? yeah, like there are, like, there's a story behind every beer. And if you study marketing, you know that the story is is key. Like the way that the brand makes you feel, uh, it's, it's, it's part of the, the branding package. Like my friends who, uh, who own the and run the Kensington Brewing Company. Uh, they started as a contract brewer, but their dream was to have their own brewery. They figured, let's build a brand, let's build a following, uh, and then we'll we'll get the brewery later. So their office was in Kensington Market. The owner, Brock Shepard, owned a restaurant in Kensington Market for years and started brewing his beer, this Augusta, Augusta Ale, Augusta on Augusta, Augusta Ale. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the the. The restaurant now is called Templeton's. He sold it. He basically was sick and tired of running a restaurant, loved making beer, and figured if I just focus on the beer, I don't have to worry about staffing and food and working with chefs and servers and all that sort of stuff. So he went from brewing beer in the back of his restaurant, and the whole idea was to be, it was called Burger Bar. It was a craft beer and craft burger restaurant, and I loved it. I was a regular there, so that's how I got to know him. I was just there all the time, because I lived not too far away. And uh, so when he closed his restaurant, I kept in touch with him. Then a, uh, a friend of my youngest brother, I went to high school with him and played volleyball with him, Mike Gurr, became uh, Brock's first employee in the Kensington Brewing Company. Right. So I just started talking to these guys at like beer events, 
So Brock is a local in Kensington Market. He owned a business in Kensington Market. He is in love with Kensington Market. He is very much a fixture in the market. So for him to create, and he loves beer, and he started brewing out of his restaurant. So like that's kind of a, a cool backstory. Nice, right. If you've got someone who, you know, is like a trust fund kid who's like, I want to own a brewery, right. and creates this beer brand, and swoops in, you know, pays somebody to, to design a recipe, and then hires a marketing guy to create a label, you know, how how is that story going to translate into beer sales? Like, unless you've got a wicked label and an awesome product, how can you compete story-wise with someone like Brock who kind of started from like nowhere right. having a little restaurant and loving beer and brewing beer that he enjoyed and wanting to share that with a wider audience like so you're saying maybe the craft beer community may not be as welcoming to someone who just kind of oh, comes in oh they're not and, yeah, 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 if yeah. You, if you fly in out of nowhere and you've not just drop a bunch of cash and here's my product it's exactly not so we're starting to see more of that and not having a physical like having a physical location is so key like there aren't your your product. Yeah, there aren't going to be many breweries, I think, that can sustain themselves just by contract brewing. They're never going like if you're contract brewing, you're never going to go beyond say a local market. Right, right, right. So right. if you think it's fine to have a recipe and have a beer brand and have your beer out there in cans, in fridges, in like a handful of bars, great. But if you want to actually grow and be you know, a really successful business, you, you need a physical location. Right. And the provincial government really needs to make that easier. Uh, they, it's, what are they doing right now? Um, I mean, the, the provincial government said that, uh, and the federal government even recognized, this is like when Harper was uh, in power, he recognized that beer is an incredibly important industry. 1% of Canada's GDP is tied to beer. 1%. Which is huge. Like, we're a massive we're a, natural resources country. One beverage, yeah. So, 1%. It's not beer production, but it's beer production plus uh, serving beer. It's like restaurants, it's uh, transportation, it's marketing, it's making the, the boxes, you know, it's all of that. 1%. That's a huge, that's a huge industry. 1% of all Canadians, in some way, shape, or form, uh, is connected to the beer industry, including myself, you know, leading tours about beer. That's that's an essential part of my business, is beer tours. Right. So, I, I'm part of that. 50% uh, of all the jobs in the brewing industry in Canada and the US, 50% is in craft. It's not in the macros. If you put money into macros, what they can do is become more efficient and brew more beer using less manpower. So the actual jobs are in the small and mid-sized businesses. Right. They're not in the giant corporations because they've become giant by becoming more efficient and, and needing people less. Interesting. I didn't really think of it like that. So where governments should be investing is in small and medium businesses rather than handing out billions of dollars to giant corporations because they, they say, oh, this giant corporation employs 5,000 people, let's give them $5 billion. You know, imagine if you gave $5 billion to a bunch of businesses, say 1,000 businesses, that employ five people each. You know, if you gave $50,000 to each little microbrewery, to a thousand businesses yeah. that employ five people, yeah. how would that boost them? How would that you know, help them? Right? Versus one game. company yeah. that would probably take that $5,000 as like a tax write off Whatever. and say, okay, like that's. Yeah. Because I know, like, if I receive fifty thousand dollars as a grant for a small company, it's a lot you could do with that. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, we could grow like without having to sell part of my business or get someone like an investor and give them a share. Like, I would take fifty grand, and like my tours would be. I'd be able to advertise more. I'd have like yeah. immediately more more guides, more tours. I could yeah. pour more into advertising. Like fifty grand in my hands would be a huge boost to my business. 
Are they really giving that much money to... Uh... Well, the oil companies, like the federal government of Canada, gave, I think it was close to $50 billion in subsidies to big oil. I think billion is a lot of money. Yeah. It's huge. Well, you need money to make money, right? So those guys... Well, that's, uh, but they see it as like, this is a, a major industry, oil, that our economy depends on. But about 50% of Canadians actually work in small business. Like, that's 50% of our population is you know, small business employees or owners. Man, that's really good. That puts it in perspective of just how important it is to continue to support. They are about 35. Like, to support craft beer both as, like, uh, as, in, yep. as an industry, but sort of on an individual level. Like, we're coming here today, we've got flying lunches and we bought those. I'm just paying for these beers, and I'm happy to do that. Because and they're it keeps fantastic. Those beers alive. It keeps those breweries going, and it keeps them, you know, it keeps, like, Bose, they were, I've been there a bunch of times, and they were saying that they don't deliver more than 24 hours, excuse me, drive. Yep. They have their trucks that go to, like, probably to Winnipeg, maybe? Yep. At most? Maybe yep. at most. And then back. At yeah. most, if they even get out of Manitoba. Yeah. Unless they're, like, talking about, like, far west Ontario. Yeah, yeah. And, that, you know, that's how real Bose are. Bose are the biggest craft in the country. They don't have distribution. They have yeah. fucking their own trucks yep. that they ship out. They had to uh, get in with um, Glutenberg in Quebec in order to be distributing in Quebec. And now when Tiff and I, we go out for, um, you know, for, for dinner or whatever, now we're finding Love Train everywhere. We went out to, like, this, like, soul food place the other night, and they had Love Train. We're like, fuck yeah, we get yep. that shit. <laughs> and that pleased me. On top of some had Farnham and a few other joke Quebec uh, breweries. It was just very cool to see um, I, you know, it, it makes me very happy to see Bose up in there because I know they haven't been bought out. Now when I see Mill Street out there, yeah. I'm not going to be mad. I'm probably going to be more inclined to purchase it exactly. at a place that maybe wouldn't stock yeah. Quebec where he's not going to have Trudy Diablo or fucking Judiciel or all those types of like, you know, the, the, the dope shit. Unibrew's kind of everywhere, kind of a bit over it, whatever, but yeah. um, you know, it is nice to see that even though but it's unfortunate that Mill Street is somewhat tainted by the Labatt brush. Whereas Bose literally just they pay for them pay for themselves. Like they got themselves a warehouse and they got this distribution and they are everywhere. Like I've never seen I'm shocked that like every single Depeneur has a little special Bose section or a, or a, or a branded little like stand self like by itself stand. Look at Moosehead. Moosehead's the largest independently owned brewery in Canada. Yeah. And they export to dozens of countries. In Japan, I went to a bar in Tokyo. They had Moosehead? And they had Moosehead. No I was like, are you kidding me? Like in Japan, like you'll find Moosehead in places that you don't expect. But Moosehead is a macro, but they're independently owned. Like the Olin family, like it's still, it's still owned by the Olin family. Like which, they owned like Alexander Keese. Like the, the Olin started Alexander Keese, then they splintered and a faction left and started Moosehead. And then the other faction remained and continued to run Alexander Keese, then sold Keese to, uh, to AB InBev. But Moosehead is still independent. It's uh, so why is it a macro if it's independent? It's uh, a matter of scale. So once you are making, I can't remember the number, but it's so many hectoliters of beer. Okay. You can no longer be considered craft. So it's it's a difference in taxation as oh, well. That's why. Okay, so, so the way the taxes money. work, yeah, the yeah. way the taxes work is, uh, if you're small, taxes are reasonable. If you're massive, taxes are reasonable. If you're mid-sized, taxes will kill you. So it's like you have to either go big or, go or stay really right. small and under that threshold. So you can technically make a shitty adjuncty lager, and if you're making only a certain amount, still call it craft. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you yeah. can make yeah. You can slap craft on anything basically as long as it's made but, within. But will you get past the scrutiny of the, hates your of the beer nerds? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's if it's crap, if you're making small batches of crap no one's yeah you're not gonna last too yeah, long because right? you don't have that brand that people will just automatically buy people will buy crappy products if they've bought into the brand yes so you can cut corners once you've got the loyalty yeah you can start passing off crap 
but if you don't have that brand loyalty, you really have to rely on the quality of your product. Well, I have a question for you, and I kind of ask every beer enthusiast this, and it's kind of the most basic question of all, but do you have a favorite beer? What's your favorite beer? I mean, I know there's so many styles out there, and I'm sure you have a favorite in each category, but yeah. do you have a beer where you're just like, my God, like Death Row beer, what are you drinking? <laughs> Death Row beer. Yeah. Wow. Um, I really like bright, citrusy IPAs. It's right up my alley. Uh, I also really, really like Weizenbox. Okay. Like, Which isn't a, a very popular style per se. Like You'll see not, it everywhere. It's not, but it's that 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 rich, Banana. like Clove sweet and banana. banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! It's like I, dark malt. I love that. Yeah. yeah, with a nice dark malt, uh, dark, dark malt. Dunkle Duck. Yeah. Oh, the boys. That's what. Is this. Yeah. The, uh, the the next beer that I wanted to have on the uh, the menu here is a Dunkle. That's uh, the Great Lakes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's gonna be definitely something that'll that'll hit my palate at so some do, point. So do you have a favorite IPA? Because that's I, I think most beer snobs' favorite style. Yeah. Uh, like if you had some of the big, the, the big guys, like the you know, in the beer, like the, the heady toppers and the Pliny the elders, and um, I had a uh, an IPA from Bell's. Yeah, it's the the Two Hearted. Yes, we, we reviewed that for one of our podcasts. Amazing. Yeah, like I I would happily drink that all day. Yeah, it's uh, an amazing beer, and the Yakima IPA from. Yeah. Uh, Le Castor is up there as well. Um, the uh, the Kapow IPA from Reinhardt, which we yeah, have to is, now try because it, it's it comes, brilliant. If it comes recommended by Cooch, I have to try it. <laughs> That's Uncle. I don't. Uncle I don't. Cooch, I don't yeah. steer people wrong. As a tour guide, I, I can't afford you. to. I don't uh, doubt you. Yeah. Do. In business, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but I. I it, it, it really depends on right, your mood, how your mood, and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just it's so hard to pick. It's yeah. like, what's your favorite dessert? Right. You know, or uh, what's you know, your favorite or, food? It's yeah, like you or, can't really or your say. favorite like city? You know, yeah. if you're well traveled, you know, what's your favorite city? I just like to hear people's perspective on like what what is the best of the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to have my favorites in in categories. Yes, exactly. Or like favorite Ontario craft. Like porter, right? You know, right, right. Or, or favorite subcategories of yeah. yeah, like favorite movie. If you know, people say like, "What's your favorite movie?" I could name like my top ten. Right. I don't have one. Well, my that's absolute my favorite. favorite. Right. It would pain me to have to choose. Yes. Same in music. Yeah. Same. yeah. Same. I have two sons. It would, I I have a hard time choosing. You know, my favorite varies from day to day. Right. Some days yeah. I'm like, like, day, like Ben, no. you're amazing. Sebastian, you're a pain. And then the next day, Ben is just a little shit. <laughs> like, and Sebastian, Sebastian is today. like, nice, yeah, <laughs> Team yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> About that life. I, I should that. get T-shirts so, made with the yeah. faces of my kids on it, and I wear the shirt of the kid that <laughs> I'm the fan of. the yeah. other one. Exactly. Yeah. You're Can fucking up today, Sebastian. Hit them against each other. You know, so if, <laughs> like if they're against game. each other, they'll, they'll never the both death. double up on yeah, me. Yeah, that's yeah. true, right? <laughs> Divide and conquer. I like that. You know. All right. So we're pretty much at the end of this one. I think we're about close to 45 minutes. So, men. Double podcast didn't even feel like no time passed at all. Pleasure to have say with you. Absolutely. Like, Likewise, guys. Great. You're really, a wealth really of great. knowledge. It's awesome to meet you and talk about beer with you and yes. drink delicious beer. And Let's do it again. Oh, we're going to so. make this a regular thing. So yeah. thank you very much. Really quick, where can people find you, find out about uh, the, tour, the Urban Tours? Tours, we're uh, Toronto Urban Adventures, so torontourbanadventures.com. So if you're ever in the Toronto area on vacation or if you live here. Or even locals, yeah. Or local, come check out Jason. He'll uh, he'll learn you on the history of beer. I was going to say, we could talk afterwards if, you wanted, if you're willing to give like a small discount to um, the listeners. Absolutely. I'll, when we record it, I'll, when we go back, I'm going to record the intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll let people know that there's a... Uh, we'll there's do 20% off and the code will be Brewheads. Or no, brew, brew, brewhead. 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 20% off. It's done. 
at torontourbanadventures.com. Correct. You heard it here first. So we're going to say that again at the start to remind you, but don't fucking forget, all right? All right? The code all is right. Brewhead. Got it? All right, you got it, motherfuckers. All Jason, right. thank you again, House of Parliament. Thank you for having us and keeping the music down and uh, then bringing the children in. That was awesome. <laughs> so y'all, are, y'all are lit. This is, the food was fantastic. These yeah. wings and like... Love this place. House of Parliament. Represent. Yeah. We're going to be back for sure. Yeah. Wicked. All right, y'all. Cheers, guys. Catch you, cuts.